Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, I should say opening topic, is a biblical philosophy of Christian worship. I've arrived at this podcast after a very warm day in the worship of our particular congregation in which we experienced Christian worship that is theological and doxological. Now that means that Christian worship, as we sought to express it and experience it today, was rooted in theology. That is the study of God by means of the revelation of God granted to us in his most sacred word that is read and sung and taught and responded to in prayer and in thanksgiving. It embraces such things as reading, as praying, as speaking messages, uh, as singing in response, uh, in praise and declaration, and all kinds of elements and climaxed in the celebration of the Thanksgiving meal of the Lord's Supper. I believe that Christian worship should always be theology plus doxology. Now, this is in opposition, I might say, by way of full disclosure, uh, to Christian worship that is primarily either only educational center, that is the giving out of information, or entertainment center, that is that focuses on preachers, uh, and their particular style, and singers or musicians and their focus-driven uh, worship, which puts the spotlight on them, and almost passive and little congregational participation. And so many people then go to church in today's world often for religious entertainment, whether they're truly understanding that that's what's happening or not. We know that it's happening by means of how the service is structured and how or what kind of response occurs between the worshiper and the ministers of worship, which consists of those who might lead in the singing, lead in any liturgy, that is the way or manner in which the message is produced and uh, carried out in the ministry of God's Word. So when I talk about theology plus doxology being the stuff of Christian worship, this could be spelled out in almost a philosophical statement. So this is my statement. Biblically speaking, Christian worship, this is public or corporate Christian worship, should be theology plus doxology. That is to say, it is the public meeting or the gathering of the church on a special day that is a day designated. It has been traditionally often the first day of the week since the beginning of the Christian church. And in the older days in Israel, it was certainly the Sabbath day if they had gatherings that way. Primarily in the Old Testament, the worship days were the feast days that occurred in three different times of the year. But there might be and was often worship in their 
homes, and we know that in the intertestamental period, the synagogue structure did arrive where there was meetings on the Sabbath day. But here's the point. Every aspect of the worship service should be, must be, biblically speaking, God-focused, not man-focused. It must be Jesus Christ-centered. It must not be centered on anything beyond Christ. In other words, Christ should be seen, must be seen in Christian worship because he is the focus. We come to God, the Father, through the Son, Jesus Christ. He is the one who made the atoning sacrifice that put away our sin. And he is the risen and glorified high priest in heaven, is the one who takes his perfect offering and his perfect worship and takes ours into his and presents it to the Father. And thus our worship is accepted by God and is well-pleasing in his sight. And the worship service must be scripture-saturated, Scripture must not be simply a verse that the preacher speaks or a part of a verse that the preacher speaks and then waxes about it. No, it must be Scripture-saturated. We must read God's Word in the public gathering. We are commanded to do so in the New Testament. We are given examples of that in the New Testament. If you are not reading God's Word publicly on the Lord's Day or when the church gathers, then you are being substandard in New Testament biblical worship. And Christian worship is always to be spirit-dependent, in many ways spirit-driven through the Word, focused on Christ, not on people, not on gifts, not on manifestations, but on Christ himself. Now, for all of this to take place, this involves the participation of the whole person, of the whole individual that's in the worship service, in the corporate gathering, meaning his body is involved. How's that? How's it involved? Well, it can be involved through singing, actually opening the mouth and singing. It can be involved through prayer. It can be involved through the reading responsively or when called upon in the church, for instance, scripture reading. It must involve the mind. We must use our minds in the worship of God. We are commanded to do so. We're commanded to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is how you love God, with the whole person, and it always involves your mind. Yes, our emotions and our will, but our emotions are an expression of this interchange, this exchange between the worshiper and those who are leading in the worship and the worshiper and God mediated by the presence of the Holy Spirit in the assembly, among the people, and in the individual worshiper who knows God through faith in Jesus Christ. What I'm saying that biblical Christian worship is an interactive exchange that should be, must be taking place between the ministers of the word, whatever form they may be, the people that are leading the service at that time in whatever aspect of it. And it must involve the Bible that is being communicated, that is the revelation of God, his scriptural revelation that is being communicated through these actions to the people. And the people are to be engaged in thinking, yes, 
but also in speaking when called upon and in responses. Uh, we have examples of that in the New Testament. The amen is not to be taking place when prayers are made, for instance. We should endorse the prayer. We should follow along in our mind. And look, if you have trouble following along with your eyes closed, then for heaven's sakes, open your eyes. Look at the one who's praying or speaking. Or look up to heaven. Raise your hands. Do whatever is necessary in your body to be fully engaged in whatever activity is taking place. Hearing God's word read, hearing God's word spoken, singing the praises of God, or the edification of the people. Because singing is not only about offering praises to God. It's also about presenting prayers. It's also about presenting uh, teachings or instructions and exhortations. All of these things are to be spirit-guided and directed in the worship of God's people. And it involves both ministers of the word, notice the plurality there, and the people, the corporate people meeting together. Look, sometimes we think, well, I can worship God all by myself. That's true. You can and you should. But we are called upon to worship God together with other believers on a consistent basis of at least once a week in a gathered assembly. And to do so, we must be engaged in these kind of ways. Now, in the service today, I think sometimes it's good for us to look at corporate or hard and fast examples of what I'm talking about. So today, let me take you into the opening aspects of our particular worship service and just share with you what took place at the very beginning. So this began to set the tone of worship, and and I believe this is a scriptural basis, and I offer it to you in here. To be continued, this has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. The next time, remember God and worship Him in spirit and in truth.